Welcome to the RV Navigator podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. This is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you live from the most expensive (laughs) campground we ever stay at, namely our home. Yes, in the beautiful backyard on a beautiful sunny summer's evening. This is why we stay home in the summer, because... It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And we are happy to be home. But we had a very exciting beginning of the month, because we spent the first 15 days on the road in the RV. And that's what... uh, we're going to be sharing with you today, as well as many other interesting topics. Um, we have news, we have stories, we have interesting topics to discuss. And much too much technology. Oh, We'll see how far we much get technology. in the technology pile. <laughs> Those always get pushed off to the side, so I have to save them for weeks at a time. But... First of all, I'm very thrilled to be talking about the wonderful experience we We had at the Calgary Stampede. Stampede. I have always looked forward to going, and it it far exceeded my expectations. And I'm not a farm person or a cowboy person. But we learned a lot about those two (laughs) topics. It's an extremely well-run, well-organized show. And the interplay between the humans and their animals on the contest was amazing. There were traditional things like bucking broncos and then there were things we had never seen before like people herding sheep with a dog through a little obstacle course and things we had never even seen before but you kind of hear about uh, wrestling steers down to the ground it was very cool <laughs> and, and, and uh, kids and women and uh, all sorts of people doing these things I mean it wasn't all just uh, high power cowboys racing around on their horses there were a lot of uh, very interesting activities from miniature horses um, to kids uh, managing sheep, and it was just a very interesting sort of thing. Probably a lot like many state fairs, but on a more sophisticated, a very level, high level, high level, level of, competence of competence and skill. Because we did have an opportunity, for instance, to go to um, a rodeo while we were in Wyoming, a little local one, a local one, but none of the contestants were able to stay on their rides during the bucking contests and the way the uh, of course in calgary some of them got bucked off but it was a very thrilling sort of event and and there were some very good rides but <laughs> it seems almost impossible that you couldn't stay on, a, on an animal for eight seconds but but once you watched it you could see why <laughs> exactly. actually and, and the other thing that hard. just blew my socks off was the evening show which i can only compare to the shows you've seen on tv that are part of the opening day of the Olympic Games. It was a cast of thousands on a stage that was two, five stories tall that rolled well, in. Well, I don't know if they told us how big it was. And um, people were flying in from outer space. It was in the same arena where they had the rodeo. And doing evil, carnival flips in the air and singers were coming in from cages, yeah. wireless cages, and the fireworks we're, were just phenomenal. So if you ever get a chance Maybe to go to the Calgary Stampede, we, we really loved it. And and had a great parade. That's and we should tell you happen. how we saw it. Of course, we were there in our RV, and we participated in a rally, which is uh, when people sign up and a pay company, their money. A and company organizes a company it for organized you. It. In this case, 
we went with Fantasy RV Tour. They set up all the arrangements, uh, take care of the tickets, and have buses for you to take you around. And, and I think for an event where uh, it's going to be crowded and there's going to be uh, a premium uh, on seats and tickets and and knowing what to do, and that where to this park. is probably a worthwhile way of going to do this. Although we don't like tours overall, but I think this uh, this time it was worth way. it. Um, so we drove up there, and the rally was um, eight days long. So they provided us with uh, camping facilities for eight days. And those facilities made us feel a little dubious at first because we were camped in the parking lot of a football <laughs> stadium. And they brought in electricity. The football and stadium. we could use uh, the bathrooms. Yeah. And there were shower facilities if you wanted them. And halfway through the week, they emptied out your holding tank if you needed it. There were at least three RV rallies being held during and, the stampede. And some of them were at campgrounds. Each of the different companies. They each have different philosophy. I think that the other two um, camped outside in full service hookup campgrounds and drove their participants in a bus to the various activities. And if I were doing it on my own, I would have stayed in a campground, yes. but we found our little football parking lot um, uh, vastly superior because we were right next to the public metro. And they gave us metro tickets. Which and we included in the package. We came and went as often as we wanted, whenever we wanted. And some days we did little field trips on a bus. But most of the time, we could have our time to ourselves. And that's really how we like to travel. Right, but we did do the activities. Uh, they, they got prime tickets for us for all of the big activities. Like the parade. Like the parade and the evening event and the actual rodeo stampede itself. But there are a lot of incidental activities that go on that uh, at the stampede, which we didn't know about, and they were able to help us plan. And because we were right there next to the metro station, we could just hop on and off the metro and go to the grounds in less than 20 minutes each way. So we could come back for lunch if we wanted to, or we could and there were restaurants go in the, in the morning when, we when, when there was to. an activity and then go back in the evening without having to have everybody be herded around together. So we really enjoyed that aspect of it. So some of the activities that we participated in, um, we, we kind of liked the farm activities, I think. Uh, it was, that was overall most impressive to me. With the animals. With the animals, right. Um, we watched everything from these huge, giant horses. Like Percherons. Percherons um, being hitched up. And it's very fascinating to watch them. They did chuck wagon races chuck. with them where it was a team of four mm. that was pushing... Oh, were those regular big those horses? Those were regular horses. That was pulling a wagon, and they were racing. It was, looked like something out of Ben-Hur. It yeah. was phenomenal. We saw these big, giant horses, uh, uh, which are much taller than a man. I mean, they were eight feet tall. You'd have to do the splits to sit on the back of one. Right, and they weren't ridden. Most Those horses are Pulled draft horses, right? <laughs> if we're telling you things you already know, just tune out for the next 10 minutes. If, you know <laughs> if you're a horsey person. You know and then they had uh, light horses, which are what we think of as horses. Normal horses. Normal horses, which people ride. And then they had the miniature horses, which... Weighed uh, 200 pounds? 250 pounds or so, and were very nicely proportioned in that they... And they pulled teeny little wagons. Pulled teeny weeny little wagons and and nobody rode those either. It was really fascinating to see these wagon races where they would race around in a circle eight and then uh, the, how the horses would would vie for you know getting up in front and it was just a, a very interesting experience. And we also saw dog 
<laughs> I can't ever. I would never believe I would be excited about this, but it was uh, dogs shepherding uh, sheep. And the way that worked is that the owner stood in uh, one place. <laughs> Are we and, telling you too much? <laughs> and could either shout commands to the dog right. or use a whistle to signal the dog, and that communicated with the dog where the sheep should go. And it was very clear that there's a magical distance that the dog had to be away from the sheep because if he got too close, they would get scared and scatter. But if he kind of hunched down and stared at them, uh, he could get them to go on this rather tricky course. And, of course, the winning duo did it in the least amount of time. So the Stampede actually had uh, three separate venues where activities were going on and competitions. And these were world championship-type competitions for these uh, these various events. Of course, that means the times were really good, although we didn't appreciate uh, all that was we were watching, I'm sure, and the finer points of it. But they had commentators which told you what was going on. So, like in the morning, we would go see these dog events and the ponies and, the, and then the Shriners riding around in a parade kind of thing. Oh, oh we forgot the, the big parade that we went to at the, on the first day. We said we went to a parade. Yeah, well, but it was... All horses are just about. And every so often, a street cleaning machine that swirled the manure around on the street. They had their, their street sweepers all dressed up as comic characters. In the it was street. very nicely done. Yeah, the weather was nice on most of the days. Um, we found Calgary to be overall fairly cool. cool. We didn't need uh, high-power electricity to run the air conditioning. So the 20-amp service we had was fine. And then every afternoon, there was a, what I would call a traditional rodeo. And it was the same rodeo every day. The same events. But the people who rode in it could win prizes every day and accumulate points so that ultimately at the end the top people would compete with each other and win fairly substantial purses. So some of these people, this is their profession. They were not just doing it. So we didn't go to the rodeo every day because it costs uh, $40 or $50 to go every day. Um, and we went, uh, our, our package included two days of actual, of the rodeo. The first day to watch it and try to figure out what they were doing, and the second day to appreciate it. At least that was the case for us. So in addition to the, these activities, they have a huge midway, which is all temporary. It was oh, amazing. You know, all the machines that twirl you around and make you nauseous and a the, lot of the carnival rides. A lot of junk food. Everything was either deep fat fried or served on a stick. Nothing nutritious or <laughs> healthy at all. <laughs> <laughs> And then there was a big venue with um, country and, and music And quite expensive, star. I might add, too. Uh, Even though the uh, Canadian dollar was at 86 cents U.S., we found things to be outrageously expensive. You could have a sandwich and a Coke for twenty for the two of us for 20 bucks, which, woof. No, we had two sandwiches, one Coke oh, for 20 bucks. The Coke. Yeah. And then there was a huge country music venue, which oh, we yeah. didn't go to because we don't like country music, but it was obviously very Nashville, popular. Nashville, yeah. People Nashville stood Pavilion, in long lines, right. and it had huge speakers. We felt like we could hear it as well on the outside as we could on the inside. And they had nationally known um, or internationally known performers uh-huh. in there almost every day doing their thing. And then they had a, um, a more rocky... <laughs> Rock and roll, or no, today's music uh-huh. type of on venue. Another stage. On another stage. So it was kind of like a three-ring circus. But those cost extra. You hardly yeah. knew where to go. 
Right. So, and then we don't want to forget the Indians. That's right. They have a village there, too. They have a huge too. Indian, um, what we would call Native American. They call them Aborigines. Aboriginals, Aboriginals. Yeah. We call them American Indians because uh, that area is was largely settled by the Native Americans. And their reservations... Probably. All around Calgary. Yes. We drove through some on the way there. Yes, exactly. And we found that to be quite interesting. Um, they put up teepees. We didn't know much about teepees. <laughs> and they and these and folks were actually them. living in the teepees, which was quite interesting. And, and cooked over campfires and, and teepees were, were handicrafts. Are, are apparently um, quite livable and not just something you see in the cowboy movies. <laughs> but Or Indians living. Or like we went to the, to the Wigwam Motel, which I think we mentioned last month. Oh, in Arizona, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was uh, very touristy. Yeah, very touristy. But this was uh, fairly authentic, and they talked about how they paint the the teepees and things. So that was quite interesting. We learned a lot. We learned an awful lot. Yes. And then we went to the big night performance, which was uh, that was fairly expensive. That was eighty or so dollars, mm-hmm. but it was a fabulous show. Awesome. We were there for eight of the ten days. Oh, we also went downtown, which um, we took a nice tour of the. Of Calgary. You know, we're just kind of trying to give you a view of what Calgary is like. And they have a very nice restored historic Mm -hmm. village where they've moved, kind of like Williamsburg. um, In a walking mall. Buildings um, of historical interest or showing different kinds of buildings that you would have had in towns at the turn of the century or before. And then they had a nice museum about Calgary itself and Alberta. So, can you spend time in Calgary? Yes. Um, it's worthwhile going there. Uh, the rest of the year, it's probably a two-day uh, two city. Two-day stop, probably, yeah. uh, But it is on, on your way, way to Alaska. And, uh, to Banff and Lake Louise, on, too. On our trip, we're actually headed off on an Alaska caravan uh, with this company. And that would be an exciting adventure for the next Oh, they're still on it. It's the next 80 days yeah, or something. Yeah. It's fairly and, long. And, of course, nearby are the Olympic facilities, which we didn't go to because we'd been to oh, the ones right. in Park City. But that could be interesting, too. Right. So uh, if you're in the vicinity, Calgary is probably worth a stop on your way. Along with Banff and Jasper. And if you happen to be there during July 4th, uh, then you probably should stop and see the, the stampede, too. But plan ahead for that. Yeah. So it was about 1,500 miles to get home, which we don't take very fast. Long, boring miles interspersed with <laughs> RV repairs. <laughs> so, so we are... Well, so we're almost fully repaired. We are almost fully repaired. So the we drove uh, three or 400 miles a day and kind of took our time going, going home. We took about a week to get home. And part of the reason why we took a week to get home is because we made two RV repair stops. And our first one was at Blue Ox. And I thought, well, we have a tow bar, which is the gizmo that connects the car to the RV. We didn't buy it new. We bought, we got it secondhand, and we'd never really... I don't know much about tow bars. So as long as it's Blue Ox, and Blue Ox is in the very eastern part of Nebraska, and we were driving in that general vicinity, we decided to stop in because they have a very nice campground. Very nice. And it's about uh, 25 miles off the expressway. And here he, and here he tells <laughs> and, me. And, and you, you call up and you make an appointment. And I said, well, how much is it going to be to refurbish my tow bar? And they said, $25. $25. So I thought, well, hell, I can camp. You know, that, that, that one night's camping pays for that. And so uh, we drove there on a Sunday, and uh, we, Martha was very surprised. 
how many people were there <laughs> in the middle of nowheresville <laughs> it was in a small town of about 1300 people um, in Nebraska. And the, but their campground holds about 15 rvs and it was almost full yeah yeah and people with all sorts of stories of course and we, people were there for other reasons than... so on monday morning um, I took my tow bar over to have it refurbished for And the $25. guy takes <laughs> one look at it and he goes, ah. <laughs> It's one of, those, one of those stories where they go, oh, my God, are you still using that? <laughs> and when and they so, made a list of all the things yeah. they would need to refurbish and so, how much the individual components would cost. So they said, yes, 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 of course, we can refurbish it, but refur- refurbishing doesn't include the parts that you need that we need to put into it and they had to put on two arms and a bunch of other stuff to the tune of $350 and then they said well we'll give you a, a really good discount on a brand new one yeah 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 so $550 later we left our free campground <laughs> sucker Hey, but did they have a nice tour or what? Yeah, we took the factory tour. Did they have a nice campground or what? They did. And if we'd stayed a little longer, that we could have gotten a free cookie at Subway. (laughs) That's right. They offered us free cookies at Subway. If you get there the right day, they have a a free lunch once a week. That's right. If you get there the right day. So we missed out on that, too. So if you're in the... What was the name of the town? I've already put it out of my mind. If you're in the south of Sioux City... Yeah, very close to Iowa. Very close to Iowa vicinity, and you have a Blue Ox uh, tow bar, then you might want to... St- or, or a hitch. They do all sorts of things, as we found out, including making farm implements. Uh-huh. Which is how they started. They have tours every day at 1030, and you can... Um, and two. You can watch and see exactly how all of these components are made. And it's a, it's a small factory, American-owned, American-run, and, you know, it's, uh, once again, the entrepreneurial spirit in action. A slice of Americana. <laughs> Rip off the RV. <laughs> uh, so the new tow bar works pretty well, though. I hope so. But I didn't notice the other one not working well. Well, ours had aluminum things that were wearing. Uh-huh. I don't even know how old it was, so... We're just going to have to put up with that, I guess, every once in a while. So our next big adventure, as we probably mentioned before, um, we stopped at Moscow, Idaho, or Moscow, Iowa, Iowa at HWH. For the second the, time. Which is the Jack Company, who puts the jacks, the automatic leveling systems, and the uh, hydraulic arms for the for the slides and all sorts of other things. And this too has a little free campground that was very well attended <laughs> and people were stacked up to the ceiling in their waiting room with all kinds of exciting Stories. problems. Yes. Luckily we had a reservation and the time was on. I called for a reservation for a, a time and appointment shall we say and we pulled in and um, they honored our reservation our appointment even though there were other people waiting. We had a jack replaced last time but this time they replaced the entire pump assembly so what else can go wrong don't ask the manifold probably which is the thing that distributes the hydraulic fluid anyway 650 dollars later we get out of there no discounts on that one but we tried to have it fixed in several places and i think this is one of those uh, lessons again that if at all possible take go it to the manufacturer to the um, our next door neighbor has um, a tiffin and he had a windshield break, uh, not as a result of anything other than the twisting and the turning of the RV. 
Yeah, it didn't. It, sh- it didn't exactly break or shatter, but it it was had a big crack in it apparently. And he tried to take it locally to have it repaired, and people said, "Ooh, I don't know what's wrong with it," and blah 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 blah. So he drove down to Tiffin, which is in someplace in Red Hook, Alabama, Red right? Hook, Alabama, or someplace. And they have fifty bays down there. He was telling me, and they took one look at the window and said, "Oh yeah, we know what's wrong with that. The window had been not put in correctly." when they assembled it at the factory. So even though his RV is fairly old, well, it's five or six years old, they replaced it for free, which was, whoa. Worth the drive. Worth the drive. Yeah, that's a really nice feature. And uh, I think that Tiffin has a pretty good reputation in this regard for helping their customers. But he had to wait down there three days to get an appointment because it was first come, first serve. So that was quite an adventure. Um, and on the way home, we also stayed at, uh, once again, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago about the the COE campgrounds. Well, after all those expensive repairs, we needed a, an affordable campground, and the COE certainly is for us geezers. Well, even for anybody, really. And the COE, the, the Corps of Engineers campgrounds, are, are actually in quite a large number of states. We didn't realize how many there were because we'd never really stayed at They're them They're not before. in my campground book. Oh, they're not in the campground book? No, oh. not usually. Uh, but I use RV reviews, and they were reviewed there. And so we decided to stay at another COE campground, which we did, which was right on the Mississippi River. With and the we big barges, the barges going, going by. by. It was very nice. And the COE, they, they do a terrific job. Sight. From our experience, the ones with uh, connections have plenty of room for big RVs, and this one certainly did. Nice concrete pad, Nice concrete firing. 50-amp electricity, uh, no uh, sewer or water on each site, but of course they had it available. But it was uh, very nice. And as we look in the in the book, they had a, a little pamphlet that had listings of all the campgrounds in the area along the Mississippi. And they had a number of these, which we plan on view, visiting in the not-too-distant future. The price is between uh, six and ten dollars a night, depending on how many hookups you have. Oh yes, and if you want to stay on the Mississippi River, it costs you an extra buck. Ooh. <laughs> Which, or on the water, I guess is no matter because they're always on the on the water someplace because that's the deal with the Corps of Engineers. So once again, uh, if you have an opportunity, uh, we would strongly recommend. Even if you're not a geezer, the Corps of Engineers sites uh, are. Still quite reasonable, less than $20. And as we found out last, oh, no, no, it's $22 with full hookups, $11 for us. Full hookups, though, for 22 bucks, and on a big, nice site with a pad. And spacious. Spacious, yeah. That was uh, quite a pleasure, and we will probably be giving you further reports about our adventures in COE parks in the not-too-distant future because that has become kind of a, a nice respite for us and a nice place to to enjoy. We are including a couple of uh, videos, uh, links, and one actual video that's going to come from our website about uh, (laughs) our being through the ages, shall we say. (laughs) That one from 1937 is so cute. That was fun to watch. 1937, when 
Staying at a campground in Florida costs you a buck a week, <laughs> and electricity costs an extra 25 cents. Well, that was during the Depression. So we encourage you to... I didn't know to, anybody was camping then. I didn't either, and it was a, a big campground. Yeah, it was. Anyway, this was, I don't know, made by the government or somebody, but it's RVing in 1937, uh, two minutes and 30 seconds, so you might want to take a, a look at that off of our website. And the other one is kind of a, a modern uh, comparison because it's from ABC News, and it talks about uh, a family who's going to Disney World, and they've wanted to go for years, and this year they're going in their RV because... It saves them so much money. Save them so much money, right. Well, duh, if you have an RV, I guess it's going to save you money. As long as you don't count what you <laughs> pay for the RV. Rent, you say, whoa, <laughs> that's going to be kind of expensive. But it's, instead of spending $4,000, they're going to be able to spend $2,000 and spend, spend 10 days rather than just a week at their favorite uh, It was a nice positive story in these yes. hard times. Yes, and you might uh, compare it to what your family's thinking about doing. And we like to see good stories about, uh, positive stories about uh, the RVing lifestyle. And this was one of them. And they listed several uh, tips that you can use to save money as you RV. Like, don't put anything on the roof. Oh, that meant, they meant on the roof of the car. That was the AAA. That's what they say to car, car trip people. What the hell are you talking about? It was kind of a comprehensive story. It wasn't just RV. Anyway. It was primarily about the family going on the RV. Anyway. And the other thing you might want to look at, uh, which by the time you listen to this may be over, but is the, the, um, the Great American RV Race. Or what is that? It's on Monday nights on one of the major channels. And it's about... NBC, I think. And it's about these uh, families, families who are... Novice RVers. Novice RVers, and they are traveling across country. And on they, Route 66. On Route 66, and they have various... Uh, contests. Uh, contests between so the families. So it's not a speed race, and every week a family is eliminated. But it is kind of interesting to see novice RVers. There haven't been any big spills with the black water or no. anything, but they have some kind of interesting stuff, and it's probably going to be on Hulu in the not-too-distant future. So you can watch it... Uh, Anytime you want to. On to the technology. Already? Already. She's right. 26 minutes and we haven't even done any technology. Oh, I think I want to do this story first. Oh, the story? Yes. The headline, <laughs> I try to pick a really interesting RVing story every the month. The headline is RV rolls over steep <laughs> cliff as RVer walks dog. Oh, Sheriff deputies in Lincoln County, Oregon, say an RVer stepped out of his motorhome at Depot Bay last Sunday afternoon to walk his dog and then watched helplessly as his 36-foot sea breeze motorhome rolled over a steep cliff along the Pacific Ocean. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. That's not funny. According to the owner's report to deputies, the motorhome's brake somehow failed. Somehow. The RV rolled over the cliff, eventually stopping midway down the 100-foot rocky slope just off Highway 101. The 79-year-old man was not injured, nor his dog, but the RV was stuck on the sharp rocks. A heavy-duty tow truck was called to pull the RV back up to the road. <coughs> I'm glad he could get it back. I don't, was, think, I don't think he's glad. He's totaled after you rip off know. the bottom. Yeah, maybe. There was no report on damages. <laughs> I wonder You're going to put the picture of this on the yeah, webpage? Yeah, I'm going to try to put the picture up. Oh, there. how sad. Oh, but for the grace of God, go I. Yes, and that's, yes. <laughs> So the moral of the story is if you're an RVer, Except don't walk your dog. <laughs> <laughs> now can we talk about technology? All right, I'll be quiet. No, not, you don't have to be quiet because this involves you too because you're the owner of an iPod, iPhone. 
right? Yes, and I like it very much. Well, we traded in our phones, we, uh, our Sprint phones for uh, iPhones. We've had touches, I, uh, iPod touch. touches, and we loved them. They didn't have connectivity when you were not uh, in a Wi-Fi spot. Many of the nice features that are available in the phone, you can't do with the touch, in addition to taking pictures and videos and things. My goal is to lighten my purse. Of course. And so it has everything. We've done a lot towards Address, book, calendar, books, audiobooks, and I think, podcasts. And I think the thing that really is worth considering with pictures. the iPhone is the fact that it is an all-in-one device. It is an actual computer and not just a phone. And with the App Store now just having celebrated its first year with over 15,000 little apps, and those are the little programs that you can run on it, they do almost anything you want to do. So your apps customize your phone for the things that you want to use. We purchased these iPhones. Um, We got the 32 gigs. And they are two ninety nine each from AT&T. And I was very leery about switching to AT&T because they get such bad reviews, especially from Apple people. Their network just can't keep up with the, with the data requirements. The iPhone service um, is $60 per phone in round numbers. And that includes um, $30 for the data service alone, but it's unlimited data service. And so you can use Google Maps, you can you can use all of the the searching capabilities. You have web service, any place you want to. You have uh, cell service, and you can download your podcasts, um, including the RV Navigator, of course. Of course. And as well as uh, do many other cool things. We don't play many games. Well, but you do play games. I just play one game. Oh. Incessantly. Uh, which is it? Bejeweled. Bejeweled. Wow. There are a lot of other cool games. Yeah. A lot and, of people play solitaire, yeah. too. And the iPhone has the all of these capabilities built in. So, for instance, uh, one of the things that I found out that I could do is online banking. I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that uh, for many of you, if you're not really heavily into doing photo editing and that sort of stuff, then maybe an iPhone would, would suffice and it certainly is much more reasonable than buying a computer and the connectivity necessary for the computer because the iPhone comes with the, com- with the connectivity. And we're finding that more and more campgrounds have Wi-Fi uh, for free and in it Canada. It does have Wi-Fi connectivity. In also. Canada, we still had to pay, but other, a lot of the campgrounds we stayed at this time have Wi-Fi, so that makes it even more handy. Um, you can download either way. Depending on what well, we found the you. AT&T network around here. We've only used it around the Chicago area, but it had to be quite good. Yeah, um, but I'm not, we're, well. We're I'm going to reserve my judgment. We're waiting to we see. Hit the road. And with an unlimited data package, we can just try it out as much as we want to. We, we have limited. We don't talk on the phone that much. <laughs> we mainly use the data service. So the the minutes package that we bought is the minimum that we could buy on a monthly basis and then we get rollover minutes which of course will roll over (laughs) a gazillion minutes Uh, but we also but the the unlimited data service is also something that's that's well what we consider to be the big benefit but to me a big test is going to be when we travel i was very disappointed in sprint we went all the way across south dakota and didn't have cell phone service and that to me is inexcusable we were on the expressway we weren't anywhere off the beaten track. We have been fairly happy with Sprint overall, but we're hoping that AT&T is better. And uh, anybody out there who... You know what I didn't do? What? I didn't give our contact information. Oh, yeah. 
but maybe somebody would like to give us a call and tell us how you like your AT&T service. And if you'd like to call us, you can call us on the listener hotline at 815-230-0772. Or, of course, we always like to hear from you via email, and the email is navigator at rvnavigator.com. And we will get back to you just as soon as we can. And now it's time for our a advertisement. Oh, don't we wish. We are still advertiserless. <laughs> uh, the other cool thing that's happening with the iPhone, there's been a lot of discussion about this, and this is something that you should be aware of, and that is tethering. Tethering is connecting your computer to the iPhone for data service. So that many of you have um, a data card or some sort of other device that hooks up to the cell network and allows your computer to get data. Well, with an iPhone, you don't have to buy the card because you can tether. And one of the things that's happened just uh, in mid-July is that they, <laughs> AT&T is allowing tethering, and they're offering tethering for an additional $30 a month. Uh, that may seem like a lot, but if you have a data service card for your computer, you know that you're paying $60 a month. So with your iPhone, which... To us, uh, the amount that we pay per month is about the same as we were paying with Sprint. For an extra $30 a month, you can have this this tethering capability, which is uh, a real plus. Because, once again, you don't have to have all these extra devices. The the iPhone will connect to your computer and give it data uh, on request. Now, the data service is the usual 5 gig per month which we would find to be quite limiting. So that means you actually have two data plans on your iPhone, one for the iPhone itself, which is unlimited, and then the other one is uh, for the tethering, and that's 5 gig. So one of the things that we always worry about is uh, downloading podcasts, and so what we would do, and probably will do, is that we will download only podcasts on the on the iPhone itself where we have unlimited data service. Am I making any sense at all? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> she gets it. Okay, and then to go along with this, you do have a couple of, uh, of other options. Uh, we also purchased this month a netbook, which is a Windows computer that is very small, I was going to lighten my purse, but now I can see it's going to be as heavy as ever because you can fit the netbook in your purse. And how big is it? The size of my purse. Well, it's the size of a book. Yeah, which is very cool. Um, So the netbook is a a computer that is, um, well, I would like to say it's stripped down, but it actually, they're quite powerful. Pretty good. Yeah. You know, it has a 1.6 gigahertz uh, processor, has a 160 gigabyte hard drive, no optical drive, so that means no CDs or DVDs, and a 10-inch screen, but it only weighs two and a half or three pounds total, and the battery life is said to be at least eight hours. So that really is a is a powerful package. Now, if you tether that to your iPhone, that would be a dynamite combination. It would be actually very small and easy to use. Very portable. Good very, for airplane trips, too. Good for airplane trips. And the whole thing would be very reasonably sized and usable um, because on the on the netbook you can do pictures and editing and and that sort of stuff at least to a limited extent you could at least store your pictures and it has uh three usb ports and an ethernet port and 
a video outport and all that sort of stuff. So it is a fully operational PC. Uh, being a Mac person, I do have a little trouble with it, but uh, I am uh, conquering it, and I will understand how it works. But uh, it has XP, not Vista, uh, and I assume that's because they don't want to put a lot of memory in these guys, and XP will work with uh, smaller memory size. And the really nice thing about this whole package is that the netbook itself is only $300 or so, so that you can get yourself a nice, heavy-duty, portable computer for only $300. And wow, what a nice operation that is. And they're offered by a, a large number of companies these days. Is the number one category in sales of, uh, of portable computers right now. I can certainly see why. The one we have seems to be fast and and uh, very usable. Nice bright screen, LED screen, which is which is very nice. The keyboard's a little small, but well, for yeah. anybody who does texting right. on a PDA, it's plenty big. <laughs> on your iPhone, for instance? Well, whatever. Yeah, your your email and stuff is actually something you can do. And, of course, it's completely Wi-Fi compatible, built in so that it has uh, good Wi-Fi connectivity. And you can so you can take it to a lot of different places. And I think we found Wi-Fi is really becoming common in campgrounds. And they don't make you pay for it anymore like they used to. I appreciate that as well. Yeah, although we do kind of choose campgrounds uh, based on that criteria, but uh, they do. They are becoming more and more common. Um, and, and they either have a hotspot or they have uh, actual at-your-site Wi-Fi. Maybe we won't need that dish on the roof anymore. Well... There's still the there's TV still lot, issue. You know, and there's still lots of places to go yeah. that uh, that don't have any connectivity at all, like in, most of the Corps of Engineer sites. And boonies. And boonies, yeah. right. If you want to do any boondocking, that's going to be a problem. Oh, yes, we don't want to forget the video glasses. I had a birthday recently, and my wife was thinking that I needed video glasses. And she's going to take a picture of me with these on because these are glasses well, they're not glasses. You look like something out of Star Trek when you wear well, that, them. Well, let's let the listeners decide about Star Trek here. But uh, they are glasses frames that have miniature LCDs in the eyepiece so that you can watch iPod or iPhone uh, videos. And the illusion is you're looking the at a big screen. the you're looking at a big screen. And then you put the earplugs in your you ears the ear, for the and sound. And you're totally isolated and you're watching uh, your favorite movie. And the nice thing, too, is, is that the iPod is not illuminated so that its battery lasts a lot longer. The glasses themselves only use one little battery, which is very cool. Just don't expect to have any kind of a conversation <laughs> with somebody using their video glasses because they are don't removed walk around you from the planet. Uh, so I'll put a link to these guys up there on the website too. But if you're looking for kind of a cool little device, you might want to uh, you might want to take a look at these video glasses. That works because they're not glasses. I'm going to put up on the website the musical test, which we both took. Now this has nothing to do with RVing. No, but, but it was. It very, does have something to do with geezerdom. Huh? It was very valid for us. So take a look at the PDF of this uh, musical test, and this is something that I found that uh, has songs of summer since the early fifties. No, the top song. Yeah, well, the top song of the summer, and we've shown this to a number of people now. But this might not be valid for our listeners in other countries. Oh, well, probably not. It'd be interesting to see what they have to say okay, about Okay, Australians, it. let's hear what you have to say. <laughs> but uh, this, this uh, 
is a list of songs that were hits in summer and what the what the instructions are is is that you look through these songs and when you come to songs consistently that you can't hum that's when no, you got or know the words or the, know, the, know the words to you got old <laughs> that's when you got old that summer <laughs> that summer and for me it was 1988 <laughs> I guess that's when I stopped paying attention it's not that I don't know some of these songs after that but up until then I knew almost all of them so I just it just kind and of all fades the words. out for a while and that's yeah. the, the musical test <laughs> Um, so I'm going to put up some pictures of, um, to get back to technology, of LED lights that we've been buying at Costco. We found some new ones that, that this is very nice, is that uh, these LED lights replace the compact or the, uh, the fluorescence that you've been buying. And these are LEDs which last much longer than fluorescence and use much less power. They now have ones that reflect, that, uh, that replace reflector Lamps and chandelier lamps. And chandelier too. lamps. Um, so that's uh, something that you need to look at. Um, maybe for the RV, I don't know where they would fit, but they have screw bases so that you can just screw them into places where otherwise uh, you might have incandescence. And uh, if you're running an inverter, this will save you lots of power. And because I have my nice new iPhone camera i can take pictures of these of these while we are at costco and actually uh, show you what the display looks like and exactly what you need to find when you go to costco she's giving me the whole hum <laughs> we're glad to hear that our, our friends at monaco are actually getting back in the business of making rvs and uh, at, in july here they're supposed to be delivering their first uh, rvs and to, to the nation's oldest holiday rambler dealer takes the first delivery of units from monaco uh, monaco was bought out by navistar and it's good to see that uh, they're actually back in production and maybe that means that uh, the rv industry is turning around uh, it's good to see that monaco maybe is back in business and uh, we hope that people start to buy monaco they they've talked about having motorized uh, RVs back in production and before the end of the summer, so that may happen also. Uh, another sign that things are turning around. Another sign, yes. So what I guess one of the questions we have, uh, we're going to ask everybody: Do you plan? Are you a trip planning planner, or do you wing it? Well, by nature, I'm a planner, but I've found for camping that winging it is a lot more fun if you have time because you Uh, go to places you've never been before and you don't really know what is there or what you want to see till you get there. And inevitably, every place we go, we have one more day's worth of stuff we want to do than we have time to do it in. Um, I think for full-timers, this is less of a problem because they can just take their time. And... uh, I don't feel comfortable driving into a campground without a reservation. Uh-huh. But, so you call. But we call the day of, usually. Unless, you know, it's a holiday weekend or a really the hot... Corps of Engineers, we just drove in. A really hot spot that is hard to get into. Yeah. Like Calgary during the Stampede, I wouldn't wing it there. And like we found out, what was that city we were going to go to in? <laughs> oh, yeah. They were having a rodeo yeah. in Wyoming. Yeah. And so we couldn't get in there. But but I called ahead. So we didn't, you know, take the, the time says, to go off. what? You want to come here for tonight? Give us a break. Because, you know, you, you get off the road, you find the place, and then you can't get in. And then you have to do a big U-turn. And it's just not worth it. But the article that prompted this question talked about a lady who, a family, I guess, who 
didn't feel right when they're on the road unless they had reservations at least Weeks six months in advance. Ahead. Which to me is a little bit too much. I guess we are kind of planners, but not super planners. And what are you? Do you have to have reservations or you do hop in the RV without any real place to go and just kind of head down the road? Except on Labor Day or on Fourth of July, Fourth of July, those big, those holidays. big holidays. So we have a website of the month that I think you'll enjoy, and it's called RV Mods or Mod My RV. And I'll put a link to it, of course, on our website. And what it is about how to make modifications, cool adjustments to your RV. Now, doesn't that sound like fun? It's kind of the same thinking as people who are not being able to sell their house right now, but they're doing little remodeling things to make it more comfortable or more to their liking. So you can do the same thing in your RV. And they have, uh, in this article, they have 10 different ones that they're recommending that uh, many people might want to do. And you can go to the RV Mod website and take a look at. The first one is adding a 12-volt outlet. And we've done that already so as you can plug in more 12 volt gizmos like having your iphone and your gps and three or four other things plugged in all the time ah your ac voltage monitor which you must make sure that your wife looks at after she plugs you in and why is that because sometimes we don't really have electricity. I know. We just think we have electricity. You know, we have a, a nice big meter that shows us when we have electricity. Well, I used to just be able to look at the microwave and I could tell, but now you leave the, what is it, the inverter on all the yeah. time? So then I can't tell from the microwave. Well, you that's why me we out. have the big red letters in the meter that you can tell exactly when you have power. Battery cutoff switch can save you a lot of grief. Because it removes, and we have a switch like that, but, but our coach has that. But it's if you don't, in. you know, it's kind of like a knife switch that disconnects the battery so that it doesn't uh, go dead while you're leaving it parked or if you ever need it turned off. Satellite receiver cable rewiring. Awning lock. If you've ever seen somebody coming down the road with their awning flipping around, Ooh. you may want to buy one of those. A bumper hatch. If you never want to lose your rear bumper rubber end caps. Oh, so your sewer hose doesn't come exactly, tooling down Exactly, which we've road. also had We've happen. done that. Yep, indeed. As a matter of fact, I can remember in Mexico, people chasing after us because our, <laughs> our hose was popping out of its... Yes. Okay, so that's uh, that's probably a good one. Drip rail extensions so you don't get uh, black streaks so the water doesn't run down the side. Instead, it just drips off on the ground. That would be fun. Furnace screen which uh, you put over the furnace vents in to order keep the to critters keep the out. critters out. Exactly. A key rack. Honey, do you know where the keys to the RV are? In my purse. If you had a key rack, you wouldn't have to go rummaging around in your purse <laughs> so that you could uh, have them in one logical place. My purse. And number 10, the satellite dish mount. Uh, if you don't have an automatic satellite dish system, then having a mount is fairly critical because if you're going to have a satellite, you've got to have some way to mount it so that you can aim at the southern sky. That's modmyrv.com, M-O-D-M-Y-R-V.com, and they will show you how to do all of these things. And that is the RV Navigator website of the month. Da-da-da-da! Da-da-da-da! And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will end the month's podcast. The RV Navigator is signing off. We're not going to be in a campground near you this month. But next month we probably will. But we are expecting a visit from some RVers. 
at home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we will give you full reports on that next month, as well as all of the industry's news and events that are... She's looking at me. In adoration. Yeah, right. Okay, this is Ken, your RV navigator, signing off for this month. And Martha, the co-pilot, wishing you happy travels. Be safe. 